This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 KYNO. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. The whole purpose of this show is to provide our consumers with some really, really good information so that you can hear it from the people who are working at, at uh, providing home, home ownership for people. And you don't have to just hear it from the news media out of Michigan or New Jersey. It's local news, although sometimes, as in today, we're going to go outside our area to get a little information there and relate it to what we're doing here locally. And remember, our show is brought to you and being presented by the Fresno Association of Realtors. That's over 4,400 members here in Fresno County, um, it, a little overlap into Madera County, uh, Tulare County, Kings County, but the Central Valley. And um, we all work cooperatively together to uh, put people into home ownership. Um, today, we have, here in the studio, we have Patrick Prince of Guarantee Real Estate here locally, and also um, the legislative chairman of the um, California Association of Realtors. So, good morning, Patrick. Good morning, Don. Good to be here. All right. Thank you. We also have on the line, all the way from San Diego County, uh, California. We have Jeff Campbell of San Diego Estates. Good morning, Jeff. Hello, gentlemen. Good to be here. All right. Thank you. Uh, like he, he does know Patrick and I, even though he called us gentlemen. But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, Jeff, got a question for you first. All the way there, San Diego County is a big place. You got the inland part. You got the coastal area. Um, what, what market do you serve down there? Yeah, uh, thank you very much for, for the opportunity to be on your show. I'm an independent broker and I have two real estate offices. I have one in the County of San Diego and one in the city in, in Metro San Diego. So, uh, over, we're on our third generation of family members, uh, with uh, our real estate firm and so uh, there may be just three or four zip codes that we have not sold in uh, so we've we've had experience with most of the entire San Diego County okay so what's we've noticed a change here in our market here in the Central Valley in the last year how tell us what the San Diego County market's mm -hmm. like well, uh, we're running at an average, uh, or I should say a median uh, um, home listing price right now of 860000 When you move into the city uh, or one of the city's zip codes, the municipality of San Diego, that moves up to 925000 uh, We, I think, are having the same occurrence that most of the state is having and that is that we're not building enough properties to keep up with the demand and so we have a smaller inventory and uh, we have it's interesting because i i always 
uh, equate our market to that sunset book of, of uh, you've ever seen the sunset gardening book and you have uh, maybe 25 or 45 different zones, right, for, for growing. Right. It's the same thing with real estate. We, we can't just use one brush and say all the zip codes are like this. But overall, uh, smaller inventories, and uh, fortunately, there's still great demand. What, what's causing that smaller inventory in, in San Diego County? Well, um, it, one of the reasons that I evoked at the, it, 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 the beginning of my sentence was that we're not building enough uh, homes. We, we, we uh, are not building... If we're not building enough entry-level housing or even workforce housing, um, it's difficult to get in. If, if, if real estate housing is like an escalator, and when, when you've retired, you've bought your last home that you're going to live in, that's the top of the escalator. Well, we have to get on the escalator in order to get up to the top, and that getting on it is that entry-level housing. Uh, buy it hang on to it by the next one or sell it and, and buy the next one. Mm-hmm. And if we're making it difficult for, for people to get on the escalator, it, it, it's very, it, it's a compressed market. So I think that if we see more building uh, going on for uh, uh, real estate opportunities to purchase, uh, I, I think that that would uh, take us a, a great step in improving the uh, uh, overall marketplace. Do you have plenty of land there to, to build? We do. Uh, um, and and what, what's interesting is San Diego County, we have uh, the um, Camp Pendleton to our north, and then we have the Cleveland National Forest before you get into Imperial County uh, to the east. Well, um, yes, th- those may be uh, boundary elements. However, inside of that, we have uh Land that that uh, uh, if we can enjoy some rezoning, uh, we can actually uh, have smart growth. And so, really, it, it will take a, a political uh, um, move to to be able to open up some opportunities of land that we have, uh, mm-hmm. and whether that's going horizontal or or even vertical. As you know, in in downtown areas, uh, people are, are building up. So. Uh, you have two two possibilities in that that sphere. You know, and that's a big difference to our Fresno market. Um, I've been to downtown San Diego, and you guys have built upwards. You have some what twenty, thirty story condos uh, over here. I yeah, think yes, three we stories. Do. And <laughs> yeah, you know, and. And neither one is the particular solution for any given area, but um, you know this this comes back to that question of um, what are we going to do to help our kids buy a home? And and mm-hmm. and I have uh, kids in their twenties, and um, you know when when we when Patrick and, and yourself and I were buying homes, um, it was it was a different marketplace, a different economy, et cetera, et cetera. Well, what are we going to do today? And moreover, what are we going to do tomorrow to help help that? I've got a, using your escalator analogy, which by the way, Jeff, I may steal that one from you and use it in, in the future. But <laughs> what what's your thought on this one that comes to mind? I know when I started um, 
definitely it was the escalator. You bought a little old house and then you f fixed it up, lived there a while, got some equity. Five, six, seven years later, you'd move on, get get the equity from there, buy another one. Pretty soon, you're in your fourth and fifth forever home. But your payment's not very much because you've transferred so much equity growth from the first four homes. Then our interest rates went so low that I saw first-time buyers buying their forever home. Um, I mean, the it's almost like they they jumped up the escalator. Is am I crazy? Mm -hmm. oh, wait, wait, let's not phrase it like that, Jeff. I, I know your answer. Um, <laughs> what's your thought on that? Did did the interest rates well, spoil us? Uh, the interest rates uh, created the opportunities for those people who who. Uh, um, uh, took advantage or, or pulled the trigger and, 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 and made a move. And so really, I think the first step is, you know, being on your toes and being ready to make a move, having your credit in, in, in line, having whatever down payment you have, having looked at down payment assistance programs. And then if you're ready, whether it's a change in interest rate or an opportunity to buy, uh, a home that's a fixer um it's really first about being ready it's it's not about uh an opportunity presenting itself and then going out and spending a couple months getting ready um another thought on that that i share is if a young couple family single person whomever it might be uh, is going to buy a fixer um take some classes in in rudimentary construction uh, and, and that's kind of part of the getting ready, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people fear getting uh, something that requires a lot of fixing. Well, if, if you prepare for it, it it's uh, a, a nice transition. Yeah, I like that thought you just came up with. Take some classes, learn about the anatomy of a home and home maintenance. Um, just this past week with all the rain we've had, I've seen, I went in, uh, I was showing a house and there was cardboard boxes with storage all in the garage and it, that's a low spot. And with all this rain, I'm wondering if the, that didn't get flooded out. So how's the rain been in, in San Diego? Well, um, it's uh, it it starts uh, up up high and then and then it falls down. You know, same um, thing here. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm a member of Pacific Southwest Association of Realtors, and we cover a wide swath where San Diego County's uh, real estate association and uh, all of our realtors um, who cover areas from uh, the valleys where we're getting uh, Mission Valley is experiencing uh, flooding. Uh, up in the Laguna Mountains, we have uh, crazy snow. And, you know, we're realtors are like the male men and women of, of the business. It doesn't matter what the, uh, the conditions are. We, we wake up and we go to work. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, but we have a lot of rain right now, a lot of rain. Okay. Um, you've been a director with the California Association of Realtors for, what, 15, 16 years, I'm, I'm guessing? Yes, sir. All yes, right. sir. We just had some meetings, and I, 
I saw you there a couple of weeks ago. And what were, uh, what would you say as a takeaway that you would have from those meetings where we tried to save the world, the housing world? Uh, well, one is I, I have the privilege of um, serving as a, a chairman for scholarship and education. And uh, one of the things that w- was very important to me, as a matter of fact, as part of my mission, is uh, taking the, the realtor today and and helping them become that elegant and, and better service provider to the public and clients tomorrow. And, and so how we uh, do that is, is through a deep dedication to uh, educating. Uh, the um, nearly quarter million uh, realtors that we have, uh, thereabouts out there. And then, uh, just as importantly, uh, tomorrow's realtor, we want to provide them opportunities to become the best educated practitioners that there ever have been. And so what we're doing is uh, we have an aim to provide more scholarships through the universities. Uh, and junior colleges to really bring out the, the brightness and, 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 and compassion and caring and, and expertise in, in tomorrow's future realtors. Yeah. That's one thing that we worked on. And, and um, as you know, Patrick is, is just so key to our whole organization and his committee. Um, and, and I'm looking forward to, to his thoughts on, on, on his side of it all. We, we, we covered uh electrification and, and buyer representation and online notary um, and um, CAR really compelling uh, the, the uh, municipalities around the state to uh, provide um, regional housing. And, and uh, uh, those are some important things to, to, that I took away. All right, and after we get back from our commercial break, hopefully you can stay on the line, Jeff. Um, let's talk about some of those things like electrification, online notary, and the buyer-broker agreement. So everybody, stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. back to welcome home radio this is don scordino your host and on the line we have mr jeff campbell of san diego estates uh on the line and here in the studio we have one of his colleagues also patrick prince from guarantee real estate here in fresno now the three of us all attended some car meetings california association of realtor meetings a couple of weeks ago and Jeff, we, we were talking earlier, and you mentioned some of the topics that came up there, online notary, electrification, water storage. Well, first of all, tell us about online notary. Why is that important to the consumer? Well, <clears throat> online notary, um, for me, I just <clears throat> categorize it first as, as remote notary. Um, have you ever had somebody that's buying or selling a property and they've been in the military service or perhaps they've been overseas and they've had to go to 
uh, perhaps the consulate in, in any given country or, or um, uh, to, a, um, a, let's say, a naval base uh, in another country to get notarization. So we've been living with remote notary, if you will, um, albeit it was in person, but uh, as real estate practitioners, we've been, we've been working at least on that front for quite some time. Uh, online notary, uh, certainly there's been, I used to, I was a notary many years ago and, uh, there's been a concern, Hey, you know what? We want to make sure that the, that the person is the person who's signing this and, uh, through great, uh, research and, and, and developing, uh, a way to verify people. It actually makes sense. And, you know, in our, in consumerism, if we can make things more convenient for people, um, that's really the direction I think that that all consumerism strives to go. And uh, this is a, a convenient way for for people to verify, you know, who's who. And, and that, that's just my take. I, I have a good story about notaries. Um, I had a client whose husband... Um, used to live here in America, but he was now living in this little town just south of Tijuana. And uh, he needed to sign off on a grant deed. Uh, and so I, I was talking to him by phone. Uh, and, and it was like, all you got to do is go into the consulate there and they'll no, they'll notarize it. Well, he he did that, but he said it's they're three weeks out. He couldn't get an appointment for three weeks. I said, well, no problem. Just drive into America. I'll set you up with a place in San Diego. And it was like, uh, no, I'm not coming to America. I looked at his former wife. I said, who was there? I said, why won't he come? She goes, he can't. <laughs> he can't come to America. I said, oh, okay. Anyway, that one did get delayed three weeks. <laughs> so, uh, hmm. all right. So enough on online notary. How about this electrification? What, um, what's there and uh, why would the realtors be involved in electrification of homes? Well, um, because realtors are involved with everything that has to do with housing. Well, yeah, um, good point. Uh, and so we're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to pay attention to these sorts of things. And I think for the most part, uh, realtors are involved in, in smart building, smart growth, and, and safe environments. And that includes the environment, be it carbon footprint, uh, the air we breathe, the water that we drink, et cetera, et cetera. And so uh, uh, electrification um, has a, a quite a bit to do with a number of things, but one of them is uh, the environment. And so there are um, those uh, entities, be it uh, uh, the utility companies, be it municipalities, who feel that leaving natural gas and going to electricity is, is the way to go. And uh, then there are other people who uh, feel that, well, when the, the grid goes down, unless you have 
solar, wind, geothermal, and something else in your backyard that's going to uh, uh, store or make electricity, uh, you're off the grid and out and, and, and down. No internet, recharging phones, and, and, and cooking and heating. If that's what happened, you had to go all electric. So there are places that are um, places, cities, municipalities that are uh, have plans to have all new building, commercial and otherwise. Um, not have natural gas. And to take it a step further, there is thought and even movement towards taking pre-existing improvements and saying, hey, your your gas stove has got to go, bring in electricity, and, uh, um, you know, that's going to be good for the collective. That's going to be good for all. So the realtors at our business meetings we're paying very close attention to this because, one, it, co- it, it costs homeowners to do retrofits, and we're very sensitive about what costs uh, are passed on or absorbed by a real property owners, commercial or residential. And and so we we, ha- we actually had SDG&E, uh, I think it was SDG&E, PG&E, and other utility companies uh, come speak to us about this. And I even hear that there's an incredible community that offers credits to uh, change out your fireplaces. Right. Have you heard about that? Yes, I have. Um, <laughs> I, ironically, I you had. <laughs> ironically, here in the San Joaquin Valley, it goes the other way. You're, you're being, well, I shouldn't say the other way. We're... Uh, there's a program to give a, a credit of $4,100 to people who take their wood-burning fireplace and convert uh, it into a gas-supplied uh, fireplace. Uh, rather than burning wood, you'd be burning gas. So I, I guess that's a, as far as the carbon footprint goes, I guess it's still better than wood-burning. But, um, yeah, yeah. And that's, I think that where you're going with this, Jeff, is that legislatively, there's so many things that are happening that are going to impact homes uh, and possibly at the point of sale where a a, uh, seller would have to do a retrofit just for the the opportunity to sell their home. So that's where the realtors get involved at at the state level. We're, We're out there saying, Hey, wait a minute! You know, can't do that at point of sale. People don't always have an extra ten thousand or twenty thousand dollars equity to um, to retrofit. So there's got to be a better way, um, and I think that's what the realtors did a lot of. Uh, we analyzed potential legislation at these meetings and came up with the realtor policy on it so um there, there's another yeah, one which is why i love to love to rely on uh, uh patrick and his committee because they're they're just really uh, uh so in tune with with uh, all that i think that's one of the interesting things about the realtor organization is that from a legislative level much of what we do is in protecting private property owners private property rights home ownership right? More so than protecting realtors themselves, right? We're protecting the consumer that we serve. And 
it's interesting how those legislative issues overlap, right? You take something like electrification. Well, as an organization, California Association of Realtors has an environmental sustainability committee. So clearly we care about that. We care about, let's call it the carbon footprint or the effect that housing might have on the environment as a whole. And yet when we see legislation come down, Don, to back up your point, the estimates that we're hearing from the utility companies is somewhere between twenty-five dollars and $40,000 to retrofit a property. And people think, oh, well, I just need to replace my gas stove with an electric stove, but it's not, right? Your HVAC system is running on gas. Your water heaters are running on gas. Um, and then you go, well, okay, so I'll convert all of those, but then the your uh, breaker panel doesn't support that extra load. And then you go out to the utility companies, the PG&E, the SoCal Edison, and they say, well, actually, our whole infrastructure doesn't support every home in this community um, having that increased electrical load. And you start talking to them and they say, well, we're probably billions of dollars and decades before we can build up the electrical infrastructure to support a retrofit of older homes because the whole neighborhood isn't designed to support that. And so then we start looking for other alternatives, right? Not to avoid the carbon footprint issue, but also um, it becomes unreasonable for our consumers uh, and disproportionately affects um, lower income households, right? $40,000 means more to your $350,000 homeowner than it does to your $2 million homeowner. Right. And, you know, we often think of this in terms of a home, but somebody, and this is the beauty of the California Association of Realtors, it's a very diverse group. Somebody brought up the point that, get you know, don't think of the home for just a minute. Think of that guy that owns a 16-unit apartment complex and um, built in Los Angeles during the 1950s that doesn't have ground wire to the building. Uh, it's just still the two-prong, which, which is legal, um, and uh, it doesn't have the power feed from uh, the street to, um, to support all that new electrical pool. So, yeah, there's, there's that problem, too, to overcome. Um, Jeff, any final thoughts for you before we go to our next commercial break? So, what do you want people, what do you want our listeners to remember about our discussion today? Well, uh, that uh, the the realtors are are vested, as Patrick said, in in our uh, in our clients because it is because of our clients that we're, we are here to serve, and we really are focused on all things uh, that come out of Sacramento, that come out of the local municipalities, that it, that affect uh, our clients' abilities to be homeowners, become homeowners, and to stay homeowners. And, and that involves so many things from the financing and the taxation and the, the uh, availability of, of properties. And when, when we find that when we support legislation and when we support legislators uh, that are 
making very smart, um, client-conscious uh, legislation, we're all about that. If we if they're not going to, then the realtors are actually going to step forward themselves to make a, a positive difference in home ownership, and we're we're uh, uh, we're willing to. We uh, have the the gumption to do it, and and we continue to do that. All right. Jeff Campbell of San Diego Estates, I want to thank you for uh, taking your time today and helping us out with this show and helping our listeners to understand. We are going to our next commercial break, so stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio we have Patrick Prince of Guarantee Real Estate and also the chairman of the California Association of Realtors Legislative Committee. What in the world does a legislative committee do with a bunch of realtors? That's a really good question and probably sounds a little complicated. So there are actually seven policy committees at the California Association of Realtors that deal with issues like uh, environmental sustainability or home ownership housing or investment housing. And as they discuss issues that are going on in our state, they might want to support legislation or oppose legislation, depending on, you know, what. But that legislation might be happening at the state level or the federal level. So we are an oversight committee. So if one of those policy committees is concerned about legislation and that legislation is happening in Sacramento, then it then comes through the legislative committee. If that issue is uh, federal legislation, then it goes through the federal committee. So we get to oversee that as it comes up through those policy committees. And then what happens? So so we the California Association of Realtors says we're going to oppose point of sale on uh, mandates on electrification, for example. Mm-hmm. What happens then? So it would come out of usually a policy committee. It would come through the legislative committee. It's really a four-step process. And um, if the legislative committee pushes it through, it goes into the executive committee for their oversight and then ultimately to our board of directors, which is around 800 directors that are serving the California Association. So, and if all of those all of those four approve it then um then we're taking action at that point okay and then we have action people that are employed by car yeah really the staff is uh, incredible the association of realtors we were pretty blessed to have lobbyists and um, some of that is lobbyists by the way and i would never understate the value that they bring but also a lot of that work comes back to our realtors for example, we have for each member of the state legislator, we have what we call a key contact uh, or a state political coordinator that is working directly with that member of Congress so that we can go in and have a real grassroots effect and say, hey, this is our concerns. Let's sit down. We need to talk about this for a half an hour or an hour so that I can um, help you understand why we're taking the position that we are. And man, just a real huge effect that we have on those legislators when we have a chance to sit down with a personal relationship and have that conversation. 
and I, I heard another name for a lobbyist because, you know, lobbyist doesn't have the, the best sounding name to it. People, I think, think of a top hat and a cigar. Um, but actually, uh, it was a lobbyist who said that is his job is, is an educator. He goes, how can any legislator know everything about pharmaceutical, housing, climate change, uh, uh, criminal law, all that stuff? They can't be an expert on everything. So therefore, they need education. And a lobbyist is somebody that can go and sit and say, okay, here's the realtor side of it. Here's the unintended consequence of that. In fact, let me... Um, bring out a unintended consequence here that came out of uh, a committee I serve on as the regional representative, and that is the investment housing. And uh, then it would then go on to legislative, which I'm a member of, and it just eats me up to have to look up to you at the podium, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I'd have to get your approval to speak. Oh, boy, that. <laughs> yeah, painful. It's very painful, but there is a uh, new piece of legislation that's being proposed in investment housing to limit the cost of a security deposit to um, one month, the equivalent of one month's rent. Well, as the cost of carpet goes up, painting, labor, and all that goes up, um, I guess you have to raise rents to help raise the equivalency on that security deposit um, which that's that unintended consequence I think it's going to put upward pressure on rent um, because whoever's you know, and I've done this on a rental where I put brand new carpet in and one year later it's just trashed destroyed uh, and you got to put new carpet in um, and if you're limited to one month's uh, in, uh, income on that, then um, that's an onerous piece of legislation. Well, and I find that a lot, a lot of the issues that we deal with are bringing that other side of the perspective to the table, right? Let's take investment housing as an example, right? I think there is a, clearly a push in the state of California for rent control, and I think from a tenant perspective we obviously all want people to have decent and affordable housing available to them a, pl a nice place to live to raise their kids to to um, enjoy life and so rent control for example sounds pretty sexy on the surface and yet there are unintended consequences as you were just mentioning right as property taxes go up as the cost of insurance a unit insurance uh carpet paint all the things that landlords need to spend money on are if those cost of let's call it repairs is going up faster than rent control will allow them to bring the rent up then all of a sudden that mom and pop landlord can't afford to maintain their property correctly and now you've got substandard housing as a consequence of what you were trying to do to help tenants have a nice place to live because they just don't have any money right the cost exceeds their income and the unit's not sustainable anymore so 
I think as an association of realtors, that's where we often find ourselves is not wanting to not keep, let's say, rentals or we're not anti-electrification or anti-carbon footprint or environmental sustainability, but oftentimes there's long-term consequences that we need to consider. And I think the Association of Realtors often gets to bring those issues to the table. Here's a good one for you. And I thought about it at three o'clock in the morning this morning. So if I fall asleep during this show, it's because of the rain. Um, So at three o'clock in the morning, I wake up and I'm thinking about one of my rental homes that the tenant just put a satellite dish on on top of the roof and I'm thinking oh gosh I hope they did that right or there's going to be a leak I hope you know it so and let's say they didn't do it right if I was limited to one month's security deposit on that uh, it would nowhere near cover the cost of repairing that roof the roof and the damage is done on the inside of the property after the leak comes through the ceiling and down the wall and floods the floor and that's the thing about roof leaks fixing the actual roof leak might cost a couple hundred bucks yeah it's the damage inside that gets expensive so and i'm just a mom and pop operator i'm not a big corporate giant so uh yeah stuff like that affects us and so I guess what where we're going with this and what Jeff was saying in, in his portion was this is things that the realtor organization is doing for the consumers. Um, it had nothing to do with getting more commissions. It had nothing to do with it, it has to do with providing good, sustainable housing for not just homeowners, but also the renters. Oh, that, that's a take on it. <clears throat> with with good sound legislation we can provide sustainability for the renter also also yeah with that thought let's go to our next commercial break when we get back we got more from patrick prince thank you i'm proud of the house we built it's stronger than sticks stones and steel Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio with us, we have Patrick Prince of Guarantee Real Estate right out of Fresno, California. Uh, Thanks for helping out today, Patrick, and sharing your vast experience um, at the state, national, and local level. Um, Yesterday, we were fortunate enough through a local committee of the Fresno Association to hear Jordan Levine speak, and he is the chief economist for the California Association of Realtors. So he's the one who tries to put, take all the statistics, all the numbers, and put an accurate story to it. Um, And by an accurate story, here's what I mean. Sometimes you'll read a a headline that says uh, prices dropping, prices spiraling downwards but when you read the story it was down two and a half percent which doesn't sound like a spiral at all (laughs) Um, so Jordan had has a very gift gifted way of putting it in good perspective what what did you take from that yesterday Patrick that you can share with our our listeners you know I think um, one of the 
one of his fun stories that helps it make uh, feel more personable is his brother-in-law story, right? Yeah. And he relates everything to his, I don't know if that brother-in-law is even real or not, but this uh, perceived <laughs> brother-in-law that's always quoting you the latest thing out of the news. And, you know, I practically had a minor in statistics. And one of the things I can tell you about statistics is um, – you tell me what story you want to tell and I can find data that supports the story you want to tell. And so I think that's often mainstream media, right? They're looking for a headline that sounds good. And um, if you have no perspective behind it, if you are wanting to sell the story but not necessarily 100% tell the truth, then you can make it sound pretty dramatic. And um, I think a lot of the media stories have made... 2020 end of 22 early 23 feel like we're back in 07 and 08 in the great real estate recession and that's just simply not playing out in the data and um we are seeing a slowdown in um, number of units sold which affects realtors obviously from a commission income perspective but not the and consumer. lenders and lenders, yes. Title companies. So I think on the industry side, we're seeing the effect of, um, I think in Fresno, let's call it 40% fewer transactions are happening. And yet I think more importantly for the consumer, we're not we're seeing a softening of prices. And by softening, I mean we were double-digit appreciation for the last couple of years, and we are basically probably going to be flat for this year and probably next year. So not that prices are falling, but also that they're not going up. Well, we're going up slower. So that feels like we're less, but actually I think it's pretty healthy. Mm -hmm. In fact, one of the things I took, I took some notes yesterday. He said, I don't think prices will plunge, but they will be soft. So soft means that the seller had to return to the negotiating table. Yes. It doesn't mean he had to, you know, take it on the chin, but maybe had to make some kind of a concession. Well, and I think the market that we've been in for the last couple of years, when a seller's receiving a, let's just pick a number, a dozen offers, and some of those offers are cash, some of those offers are 20, 30, 40% down, and then you've got your first-time homebuyer with an FHA loan, those first-time homebuyers were just pushed out in just that competitive situation. And so I think as we've seen um, a slowdown in the buyer market, uh, maybe the seller's only looking at one offer. So back to your point on a seller needing to negotiate, right? They're needing to consider that first-time homebuyer now, whereas before they might have just pushed them out of the market. So I actually think for that segment of our buyer population, it's a real opportunity to get back in the game again. Yeah, to get on the escalator. To get on thank, the escalator. Thank you, Jeff Campbell. I stole that that analogy from you. Um, another thing that I wrote down here is that the chief economist for the California Association of Realtors feels like this will be considered a mild recession, but not a cruise control environment. So maybe be aware, you, you know, um, uh, but still it, it's, it's going to be a mild recession, not like what we saw during the Great Recession. 
Yeah, I, I have listened to um, both Jordan with the um, California Association and our National Association of Realtors Economists, and they're all saying the same thing, right? This will probably not be a signi- the significant um, recession from a real estate perspective, at least, right? The economies get a little goofy. Certainly, the rise in interest rates created some uh, anxiety for our buyers, and I think um, some of that is probably more psychological than real, but there was a real reduction in the buyer's purchasing power when interest rates doubled. And doubled sounds like one of those scary headlines, but it went from 3% to let's call it six something percent. But 6% is historically a really outstanding number. It's just not as ridiculously outstanding as it was a year ago. Well, and to make your point about statistics and all that, and you can make it sound however you want in the story, last week I said that Welcome Home Radio is in its third decade of being on the air. Now, sounds good. Makes you think, wow, over 30 years. The reality of it is it's 15 years, but we started in 09, so that was one decade. Then (laughs) 2010 to 20 was another. So... Yeah, that's the tell the story how you want, but then <laughs> behind that's truth, right? Somewhere six, six or seven percent is historically in the history last fifty years a really outstanding interest rate. But you got to be careful with the unintended consequences of things like that. So I met a guy one time who said, "Wow," he goes, "I listened to you on the radio." He goes, "But I pictured a very, very old man." because of all the experiences you've had. He goes, and you're still young. (laughs) That's questionable. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's all relative. That's right. uh, All right. Um, But I I like the way Jordan ended the the thing uh, with this thought. You're going to be paying for someone's mortgage. It might as well be your own. Yeah, and I... Um, and additionally, there there are benefits to home ownership that go beyond just the interest rate, right? And there's there's potential tax benefits, right? Mortgage interest deduction is something that the Association of Realtors has fought long, many decades to maintain, and that might be a benefit on your tax return. And so, you know, some um, and the equity that you're building. Uh, you know, I've got tenants who I'm like, I wish they would have just bought this rental from me 10 years ago because they'd have equity far in excess of um, maybe the money they save by renting instead of owning. But long term equity, you got to get on the elevator. Yeah. And I'm going to say this for uh, people who are long term tenants. Owning a home is a mindset. Uh, you got to believe. You got to believe you can do it. Um, I've encouraged some people over the years. You really got to save up a little bit for the down payment. It, it, it's easier than you think. You, you've been right on time on your rent payment every month. I know you can do it, um, but I just feel like they don't believe that they can, and yet it is attainable. And Don, I'll tell you, as realtors, I. You know, you interview a thousand realtors. There's typically not, um, it's hard to find a realtor that doesn't get more joy out of helping uh, helping someone get into their first home. 
Yeah. That is maybe one of the greatest joys of being a realtor is watching them obtain home ownership for the first time. All right, we got less than a minute left. So what do you want people to remember most about today's show? I I think I'm going to steal it from Jeff Campbell. I think I'm talking to the listeners, hopefully out there, that are maybe considering home ownership. And uh, there is unquestionably, statistically, no greater uh, path to wealth accumulation, improving your lives, the lives of future generations, than getting into home ownership. Get on the elevator. Escalator. <laughs> okay. Elevator. Escalator. Yeah, there you go. Well, thank you to all our listeners, and we'll be back again next week. Stay tuned or tune in next week to Welcome Home Radio. Thank you. <laughs>